The following message is by Dr. Cliff McManus, pastor-teacher of Grace Bible Fellowship, located in Sunnyvale, California. We've been going through the book of Acts. We started in Acts chapter 1. We finished chapter 5 last week. A theme verse that I wanted to read. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The Lord Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, talked to his disciples, gathered them together, and said, you shall stay here, wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, he did on Pentecost. When the Holy Spirit does come upon you, this is part of the Great Commission, you shall be my witnesses. That's the responsibility of every Christian, to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. God gave a specific strategy of how to do that even, starting with the early church 2,000 years ago. And he said, you're going to be my witnesses starting in Jerusalem. That means in your own backyard. And that's what you should do as a Christian. You become a Christian, you start in your own backyard, usually with your family, relatives, people you know. You start with the most inner circle as you have relationships there and you witness for Christ. And then as you have opportunity, you go to uh, further and further out as you are able. And that's true of every Christian in every church. So we start in our own backyard. The early church did. They started in Jerusalem. And then already we've seen that they filled the entire city of Jerusalem with their doctrine, said the Sadducees. And so now the word is getting out beyond the borders of the city of Jerusalem into other towns and cities around Jerusalem we saw in Acts chapter 5. So Jesus says, start in Jerusalem, then go to Judea, and then to Samaria, which is the next kind of country next to Judea, and even to the remotest part of the earth, to the ends of the earth. And that's been the command of Christians for the last 2,000 years. We need to take the gospel to every region, every corner of the earth as we are able and have opportunity. GBF, our church has been around 10 years. We started as a church plant about 10 years ago with just about 19, 20 adults, small. We were a mission. Had very little. And God has blessed us and grown us and people supported us. And as we grew and became more and more mature and had more resources, we were actually able to go out and fulfill this beyond our immediate vicinity to the point where maybe four years into our existence as a church for the first time, uh, one of our members was able to go to Hope House, see the ministry there, and then God began to bless that, add to that, and then that became a regular ministry. And we adopted Hope House in Mexico, um, kind of like our own family, and we've been ministering there regularly ever since then. And have uh, today we get to hear testimony of the most recent mission trip and fulfillment of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, being witnesses to the remotest parts of the earth. And we take it seriously. The specific mission there is be my witnesses. That means talk about Jesus, give the gospel. First and foremost, that is the most important thing. There are corollary commands and truths God's commanded the church to do as well. And one of those I just read in James chapter 1, where it says true and pure religion that pleases God is that takes note of the weak specifically that ministers to orphans. And that is also mentioned in the Old Testament under the Mosaic Law. Uh, the covenant Israelite people were supposed to recognize the poor, the needy, the orphans, and the widows in a very special way, in a practical way with the love of God. And so at the heart of our mission that's ongoing to Hope House in Mexico is bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to these boys and whoever is in our path and also meeting their practical needs, these orphan boys that you're going to hear about today. And so 
Uh, Pastor Bob is not here today. He spearheaded the trip as pastor and elder of missions. He's been there almost 10 times over the course of the last seven years. And he's taken his uh, son Mitchell off to the military, so he's not here today. Keep Mitchell in prayer. Uh, but one of the co-leaders of the trip is our very own Austin Thompson. So Austin and his team, they're going to present to us powerful testimony of being doers of the word, implementing Acts chapter 1, verse 8, among other biblical mandates uh, via the ministry of Hope House. Austin? Okay, well, I wasn't expecting to come up first, but here I am. Uh, thank you all for uh, for being here with us today. Um, and for supporting us, I can't thank you all enough. The, the amount uh, of financial support and prayer support that came in was just unbelievable, and it made the trip absolutely wonderful. Uh, if we could get the next slide. Uh, we just have a, a brief outline of uh, what people were in charge of. Bob, of course, is kind of the main administrator and the overall leader, and he was um, one of the devotional speakers. Uh, I was, I did a lot of things. <laughs> As assistant leader, I taught um, the Bible. I was a team leader. I was a small group leader. Uh, Brad was our games lead and a large group teacher, bringing the word. Nikki was a large group teacher uh, and also crafts helper. She's the one that prepared uh, the stories that we taught the kids in the afternoon. Uh, Hannah was our green team leader and crafts lead uh, in delegating that and running and orchestrating the tra- uh, crafts and also a great translator. Uh, if you haven't talked to her in Spanish, try it. She's really good. Uh, Paige was our blue team leader. Uh, and also a small group leader in the blue team. Uh, Lauren was a crafts helper uh, and green team helper as well, who also won first place, but we won't talk about that. Uh, Melinda was the crafts helper as well and helped oversee the boys in that and the sewing and uh, and a red team helper. She was on my team. Uh, and then Matt was not a red team helper. I would have loved to have him, but he was on the blue team, actually, and uh, and quite an excellent translator as well, his mother. Angela being from Columbia, and that that skill paid off really well. So without uh, further ado, let's bring him up. Lauren, I think you're first. Good morning. Um, So I'm Lauren. This is my um, second year going on the Hope House trip. Um, I just want to say thank you to all of you for your financial support and your prayers. Um, It was just such a blessing to be able to um, take a week off for all of us um, to be able to go. And um, we definitely felt uh, your prayers um, this week as we were there. Um, there's a lot of things I could talk about this morning, um, about the boys and what God has taught me. Um, but what I feel particularly um, called to talk about, what the Lord has laid on my heart, something he's been working on um, with me this week is um, working as the body of Christ um, in the team. So I want to read 1 Corinthians 12, um, 14. For the body does not contain of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. So I won't read the whole uh, verse for time's sake, but as it goes on and is talking about um, just how we're all essential to um, a part um, of the body, and um, no one part is more important than the other. Um, so this week, 
um, just thinking through that, um, a few months before the trip, I found out that I had a severe back injury, and um, my doctor says I'm no longer allowed to play contact sports or lift anything heavy. So going into the trip, I was wondering, okay, I'm supposed to be a helper on one of the sports teams. How is this going to work if I can't play sports? Um, what am I going to be able to do? I, my Spanish is pretty bad. What, what am I going to be um, used for on the trip? And so uh, it was definitely a humbling experience for the Lord um, to work on my heart in that. And um, as I got there, I quickly realized that that was something silly to worry about, that the Lord would provide plenty of things to do, especially on a smaller team. Um, about an hour into the morning, Pastor Bob, the first day, says, okay, well, I need you to cut a watermelon. Um, oh, by the way, I dropped it in three pieces. Um, here you go. Uh, we need it in like 10 minutes. Uh, I'm like, do you have a knife? No, I don't know where the knife is. Just go find one. So I find a small kitchen that the counter is this big and the watermelon is this big and, um, cut it up and realize like, okay, well, there's plenty to do. Um, so I got to be able to do a lot of the snacks, um, lead some of the crafts in the afternoon for the sewing crafts, um, and got to be the scorekeeper, so that was kind of fun. Um, and it was just very neat to be able to see our team um, at work and how we all had different gifts. And even though maybe I couldn't speak Spanish as well, my, one of my favorite moments was when one of the boys translated my Spanish into Spanish <laughs> for another boy, because apparently what I said was not what I thought I said. Um, so it was just a blessing to be able to see um, how our team, we all work together. Maybe I wasn't able to evangelize as well to some of the boys with the language barrier, but everybody on our team did a job. They did it well and all together. Um, we were able to make it a great week, and it was just a testament to um, the Holy Spirit being present and that there were no conflicts, no issues, um, and that's just God's supernatural uh, grace that um, we were able to all work together um, and our common denominator was Christ. So thank you. Um, hello, my name is Hannah. Um, thank you again, um, family, for praying for our spiritual, physical, logistic needs, supporting us financially. Um, this year uh, was my second time going back to Mexico, um, and I have to say it was a lot more challenging than the first year, um, but again, a, a precious opportunity nevertheless. Um, a precious privilege, and I say privilege because um, in this like great play that God has written in building up his church, we were able to be these small actors in there going under his power and his might um, and obeying the Great Commission to make disciples for him. Um, and I say challenge, though, because, again, we had a small team. And as craft lead, um, that was something out of my comfort zone, but I had a huge amount of help from all the team members. Um, hopefully the boys enjoyed it a little bit. Um, again, uh, the Lord used this um, as a good challenge um, because I was struggling a lot with um, anxiety and just a preoccupation with how smoothly the crafts went. Um, but this was something that the Lord also used to expose sins of impatience and the lack of trust. Um, again, there's also the other challenges, again, you know, the, the cultural and the language barrier. And no matter how much Spanish you speak or how little, there's still um, 
We're not from there. And these boys have gone through so much, and it's hard for us to put us ourselves in their shoes sometimes. Um, but I want to highlight one aspect of the trip that was highly encouraging for me personally, and that um, is the staff at Hope House. Uh, I want to tell you about this amazing lady at Hope House. Her name is Anel, and she is the staff psychologist, but her uh, responsibilities go way beyond that. She's in charge of all the programming for the boys, and so she oversees kind of like what they do when they get home and how they spend their time doing their homework, um, their transportation, where you know what they're going to do um, day to day. Um, she also deals with she addresses the behavioral and the psychological issues that some of these boys come in. Um, she has to enforce the rules and the discipline along with the other staff members, um, and just. Uh, this time, I was blessed to be able to talk to her more, um, to even visit her home with Brad uh, on one of those days. She uh, works a 12 to 13 hour work day, comes in around 9, goes home at 8. When we went home with her, she hadn't even had dinner yet, so we went home to pick up dinner with her. Um, she, um, the boys call her mama because they don't have one. She's their mom, all 21 of them. Um, she uh, when we went in, we got a tour of Hope House, and um, Kina was showing us these pictures on the wall of all the boys, you know, just on beach trips they go on. And she puts those pictures up because she believes that, you know, every normal family has family pictures on the wall, so why shouldn't these boys? So she takes pictures of that, and she puts them up. She, um, We went upstairs to see the, the beds where all these boys sleep, and Kina told us she sticks love letters on each of these boys' beds, <laughs> telling them how how she loves them and how God loves them. Um, so she's she's unbelievable, and she's just one of the many staff workers who put in like 200% um, to these boys. And for me, that was a reminder of, you know, even though these boys have come from extremely tragic circumstances, um, this is a way kind of of God extending his hand of mercy toward them, and it's just a reminder to me that, yeah, like we come down and... Um, we serve a God who is rich in mercy and is able to comfort us in very personal ways, just like Anel is. So that's one way you can be praying for Hope House, especially this year I realized, yeah, the staff puts in so much. Um, and so, yes, be praying for the Lord to sustain them. Um, thank you. Good morning, everybody. Well, my name is Matthew, and I was privileged to go to Hope House this year for my first time. I was the rookie. And I want to highlight on the bonding time I had with these boys, specifically a boy named Abel. Abel has been to Hope House for around six years, and he's a boy around the age of 13. And I got to bond with a lot of these boys through crafts and games. And Abel... By law, the Hope House, if one of the relatives or family members wants to pick up one of the boys, by law, by law they must leave. And Abel has been going to Hope House for around six years. And his mom decided to come pick us up, to come pick Abel up. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. And beside that, Abel was on his way, and I pulled him aside, and I wanted to clarify the gospel for him because he wasn't going to be there the whole week to... Um, get the full counsel of what we would be teaching to all these boys. So I pulled a bell aside before he left, 
I went over Christ's gospel. The whole reason why we come here is to share his gospel to Abel. And Abel, listen to me. He, he agreed with what I said. I show him from the Bible. And he gave me a big hug before he left. And I encouraged him and I told him to never forget the gospel because it's what set us free from sin. I was used greatly in translating and um, I was actually a blue team helper, not red team. But um, after big group discussions, we would go break up in our teams and I w- blue team specifically I would break up into and Paige would ask the boys questions on what we learned about big group discussions and the boys would give you general big answers, just very general answers. So after I translated that, I would translate in Spanish. Um, why do they think their general answer is correct? Or they'd give you the Sunday school answers, Jesus. And I would ask them why or how do you know? So that would make them think because they'd give you general answers and I wanted to think about it. So um, that was very encouraging for me. Now I want to remind us all to count our blessings because down in Guadalajara, down to where we were, um, it's a place of needy people. It's very poor over there. And I wanted to share from Ephesians 5, Ephesians 5.20. says, giving thanks always for all the things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And how much things we take for granted over here in America. And in Mexico, it's very poor over there. And those boys over there have many needs. Um, what very much encouraged me was the Great Commission. How God sends us all to nations to proclaim his gospel. So I was very privileged to go out to Mexico to do this for the first time. It was my first mission trip. The boys really loved me. I mean, we would have lunch with them, and that's the meal we had with the boys. We'd have breakfast on our own. We'd cook breakfast. We ate lunch with the boys, and that was bonding time with the boys as well as having lunch with the boys. And I would walk in the room, and I built a great bond between all these boys, and they'd always beg me to sit with them, and they're hitting their friends to make them sit with me or... They're pushing people out of the way so I can sit with them. And I built a great bond with them, and I love those boys. And crafts and games was a big part of building a bond with the boys and lunchtime with the boys, and we'd have dinner on our own. I want to encourage you guys all. The Bible says, for all of you guys out there, I want to encourage us all. It says in Luke 10, 2, it says, Then he said to them, The harvest... The harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray in the Lord in the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And there's only a few of us in today's world that would really go out and share Christ's gospel. So I want to encourage you guys all that the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. And there's plenty of opportunities to share the gospel at home, in your own backyard, like Cliff was saying, or out in your own community. And then to go out to all the nations like the Great Commission, like the Great Commission shows us. And I want to thank personally Tim and Ann. I want to thank personally all the people who made this trip possible for me to go and to share these boys. I want to thank Tim and Ann, Sean and Sandra Dumas, Rebecca, Regan, Mark and Danielle and Austin Thompson for supporting my trip to make this possible for my first time. And I hope to be going out next year to these boys to come and continue to minister to these boys because they have many needs over there. And I'm glad that I was used to translate. Thank you.
Good morning. Uh, Before I talk about our trip this year, I'd like to take you back to four summers ago when I went to Hope House for the very first time. When we got there, we heard that they had recently received three new boys who were brothers, uh, Luis, Antonio, and Landon. Luis and Antonio were at first a bit shy, but they soon warmed up to us. Uh, But their youngest brother, Landon, wanted nothing to do with anyone. He always wanted to be held only by the staff ladies, and he cried if somebody even looked at him, let alone tried to talk to him. He seemed to be a bit spoiled since he was the baby of the house, and to be perfectly honest, I wasn't that fond of him. Uh, Later on, though, we found out that the boys were abused by their mother's boyfriend, Landon, in particular, was thrown against the wall multiple times as a baby until many of the bones in his body were broken. Uh, When the staff at Hope House tried to give him a bath, he cried, and they soon realized that he had never taken a bath in his life, and at that time, he was already two years old. Anyway, fast forward through the next few summers, I had very little interaction with Landon during those trips, except to notice that he still seemed a bit standoffish and unfriendly. This year, though, I was put in a different position than usual that made me cross paths with Landon multiple times. While we were at the park, I decided to watch the younger kids at the playground so that the staff could participate in the activities with the older boys. During this time, I realized that Landon had become a completely different boy. Hope House had recently gotten a new boy named Jimmy, who's two years old. You can see Landon on the top. Uh, Jimmy is the one in the glasses, and Landon is the one next to him. Um, So Jimmy's two years old, and he seems to have some sort of disability. And Landon was the most responsible, protective older brother to him. When Jimmy wanted to go on the seesaw, Landon would gently go up and down while I held on to Jimmy so that he wouldn't fall down. When Jimmy wanted to go down the slide, Landon would hold on to him really tight slide down with him, and then use his body to slow down at the end so that they wouldn't fall off. On the spinning wheel, Landon would tell Jimmy to hold on to the two bars really tight, and he slowly walked around and spun him around for almost half an hour. He constantly gave him hugs and kisses, and Jimmy adored him and followed him like a puppy. Even to the team, Landon would do whatever we told him to do and constantly sat in people's laps and gave them hugs and kisses. In short, I was completely blown away by his transformation. Now, I know that this change was partly due to him just getting older and more mature, but I believe that most of this transformation was due to the teaching and the love of the staff at Hope House. Every summer that I go on this trip, I come away more convinced that this ministry is full of leaders and staff who love the Lord with all their hearts, love the boys with all their hearts, and whose greatest desire is for every boy in the house to come to a saving knowledge of Christ. During lessons and small group time, it's amazing to hear how much the Bible and the gospel they already know. Due to the staff's faithfulness, love, and sacrifice, boys' lives are being changed as they hear God's word every day, and they learn how to forgive people for past abuses and neglect. I say all this to encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Hope House. Their biggest prayer request right now is for more funding. This year alone, they've they've received less than half of what they normally receive in donations. They have a dream to accept even more boys into the house that would otherwise have to fend for themselves on the streets, but they can't with the budget right now. And even if it's not Hope House specifically, I hope that missions is part of your daily life, whether it's praying for missionaries around the world or regularly supporting them financially. My college pastor once said that there are only three types of people when it comes to world missions. 
those who go, those who send, and those who are disobedient. God is doing amazing things around the world, especially at Hope House, and I hope that you would participate in advancing his kingdom and desire to see his name be known and praised by all people everywhere. Thank you. Hi, um, I'm Melinda, and so this is my second year getting the opportunity to go to Hope House, and I want to first say thank you to everyone who helps support us, be that through prayers or financially. Um, there are a lot of things going against this trip. Um, if you want to talk to any of us, we can tell you more about that. And there's just so many things that happened on this trip that was just so encouraging. Pastor Bob likes to always say that going on missions trip is 50% for the boys that we go to, to help um, and the staff there, but then the other 50% is for us, like, it encourages us in so many ways. It changes us in so many ways. Um, feel free to talk to any of us about that as well, too. Um, but at this time, I just want to take a moment to share about what was most encouraging to me. And it was related to what I talked about last year, actually, about how um, when we visited Walt and Nancy Heine at the end of the week, they mentioned that a lot of the times we go on mission trips, we don't always see the fruit that's growing. We don't always see the change. But we're called to help plant the seeds, help nurture the seeds, or sometimes even be able to see it bear fruit. And at this trip, especially with so many boys and it's such a small team, we were actually blessed with seeing all three happening. Um, and it was super encouraging. We got to see over half the boys were new to Hope House. And perhaps this is like us helping to plant the seeds, helping to encourage what the Hope House has already been teaching them. Um, perhaps it's helping to nurture them. As several of our team members have already mentioned, we saw a lot of growth in the boys who have been there before. Um, Landon, Abel, uh, one of my favorites too is actually Abel. And I was so sad to see him go. Um, what was also neat too was being able to go to Hope House a second time. From day one, they recognized us, and they started teasing us instantly. For me, I'm not athletically blessed in any way. So on the first day, all the big boys were like, pass it, Melinda, pass it, Melinda, or pass it to, um, they always call me the, the Chinese person, like, that's China. Um, although they thought I was Japanese or Korean this year. It was really funny. But they would always pass the ball to me because they knew I would drop the ball or I would get out really easily. Um, or they'd make fun of my Spanish. That was actually how I made connection with one of the, uh, one of the new boys because he would constantly correct my Spanish pronunciation. Um, that was Fernando. And Fernando had two brothers, Jorge and Noe. Jorge and Fernando were both in our small group. And I was really blessed to just hear them talk. Austin was a great leader. He would ask them questions about the about the message, about what they knew about the gospel. And when they gave typical Sunday school answers or kind of a misunderstanding of the gospel message, when we pushed them more, asked them deeper questions, you could tell that they were really thinking about it. They were really looking, trying to think about the gospel. And Noe was not part of our small group, but we did hear through our other members that Noe actually accepted Christ after hearing Austin's um, Austin's message on sin and through talking with his uh, small group with Paige. And it's just really encouraging seeing that we don't know what we're called to do when we're there. We're there to help serve the boys. We're there to help serve the staff. But when we're there, God works in so many wonderful ways. And it was just encouraging to see the energy and the love and care that all the boys had for each other. And this is in large part thanks to just God working and in placing the people he puts at Hope House. As Nikki mentioned, there's such a great need at Hope House for support. And the staff put in so much effort, and you can see how much they love the boys. And so I encourage any of you, 
if you have it in your heart to go to Hope House and come back, Paige went, I think, the first year, and after several years not going, she came back, and some of the boys remembered her. Some of the staff remembered her, and they just love seeing familiar faces. And I definitely say that because it was my second year there, I was able to talk to all 21 boys and make a connection with each one, in part because of the boys I met last year. And it was just an encouraging way to just really see how God is working in mysterious ways. Um, And on that note, thank you again for supporting us. So since uh, we're supposed to talk up to 30 minutes at this time, I think I have six. Is that right? Or is that seven? Oh, no. So um, for those of you that know me, I'm Brad Berman. And my trip actually started five years ago or 2012 when I went. They keep going back. And at this point, I usually get very emotional. Last year, if you don't know, I decided that going once was not enough. So my housemate said, why don't you go in August? So I turned around, booked a flight was back with the boys in August. And what a difference it is between when we're all there as a group and when there's only one person there or they're in their routine. It is such a difference. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, wow, if I go August and I go back in July, that's not short enough of a time since we've not been together. So I went back in December and had the joy of seeing Bob bring all the gifts that you all were generous in giving and sending. But uh, this trip, actually, for this specific trip, started on Friday before we left. Uh, a couple of us decided to go to um, Sergio's house, actually Sergio's brother's house, named Javier, who made connection with, because I was going, and if you ship anything to Mexico, it could get there in a month, it could get there in two months. And so he decided to send gifts with me. So the reason why I brought this is because sometimes you have to carry a lot when you're going. And the teddy bear is an icebreaker. The teddy bear has broken many ice with different kids and various people just because they ask, why is there, oh, so why does that grown man have a little teddy bear? Um, or supposedly grown man until you go with me and you find out uh, other things. Um, <clears throat> anyways, so... Uh, we go to Javier's house, we talk to him, and we get the chance to talk to him about the gospel. And so uh, when Cliff was talking about we go for orphans, what is stress? When we go, we're going there for the boys or anybody else in our path. And I really take that to heart. When Cliff had said that the very first year I went with him, second year I was stressed out because I was replacing Cliff and I couldn't really do that well. Third year I was very excited because Austin comes on board and I don't have to be Cliff, I don't have to be all games guy, I can be just game leader guy, not have to come up with all the games. Thank you very much, Austin. And I appreciated the fact that every year, anybody that comes, no matter if they say, I can't do anything or that, they end up making a great difference with at least one boy. And if we can reach one boy for Christ, for me, the trip is completely worth it. If one kid can know Christ and to see Matt share the gospel with people encouraged me. So I will not have time today, but if you have opportunity, I would love to talk to you about the story of William, a guy that's not even a part of Hope House. Nothing to do with Hope House, nothing to do with it in God's sovereignty and divinely appointing a conversation that I could have with him. When I was there, uh, Sergio said, I want to give something back to Javier. So he gave me some stuff to bring back to Javier. I don't know what it is, but the point is, 
It comes straight from the heart. And um, there's a verse that I read when I was there. It's Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And let me pull it up real quick because it was on my timer. Um, But I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself if only I may finish my course, the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. If I could testify the grace of God, I'll show you what this is later because I'm out of time. Austin's supposed to come up here and wrap it up. And I've got various things. If you want, that's a great line that I use with the kids. They know exactly what it means. If you don't, you can ask me about that as well. And hopefully many of you will be coming next year and be um, a great encouragement to all those boys. And if you can't go, then be thinking about saving a coffee a day for somebody to go. Thank you. Well, again, I'd like to uh, thank all of you for your prayer support and uh, your financial support. Um, the prayers are a huge part of it. I know many of you are praying. Many of you told me that you were praying. Um, we had a great time. Nobody got sick. Nobody got majorly injured. Uh, overall, it was a very smooth trip, and we're very grateful to God for that. Uh, and in light of time, I just I want to read one verse that I think kind of just captures the whole reason uh, why we go down there. And, and, it's, and it's in Isaiah 55, verse 11 says, So my word, uh, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. And the whole reason that we go down there is not to play games and not to play do crafts, although those are good times to spend together, but it's an opportunity to speak God's word. What an incredible privilege it is that a gracious God has entrusted us with the ability to partner with him in some miraculous way uh, that he would use lowly sinners like ourselves to speak forth his word for the forwarding of his kingdom. Amen? It's an, it's an amazing truth and the reason we go. And so, similar to Nikki, uh, I would just like to encourage all of you um, to spend some time this week meditating on the sovereignty of God meditating on just how holy he is and how unfathomable his ways are. And then also to encourage you to put a greater measure of faith and confidence in speaking God's word because it does not return void. And he will bless you and he will bless other people from the hearing of his word. So uh, with that, I would love to bring up Pastor Cliff to uh, pray for us and dedicate this rest of this day to the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Austin and Hope House team. Just wonderful, fantastic stories. When I think of uh, any time we have an opportunity to go on a short-term missions trip somewhere outside of our country, I'm reminded. I've shared the story before when I was at the Master's College, a new believer, and Bob Provost was the like the vice president of the Master's College at the time. He's now the president of the Slavic Gospel Association. He's been at our church a few times, missionary to the world. And Bob challenged the student body of the Master's College and said, if you're a Christian, pray to God that during your lifetime, at least one time, you get to do a short-term mission somewhere around the world. It'll just give you a, a global Christian worldview. 
And and I said that prayer, and God enabled me or allowed me to do that, and Bob was right. Bob Provost was right. So your first mission trip somewhere else is always special. So I've been to several places, but that first missions trip that I took at another country just will forever be in my mind as a special one. So I was thinking of Matthew a little. It was his first time this year, and uh, God used him mightily. And also, if you're listening carefully, God taught our people as well and ministered to them while they were there. So thank you again for sharing. Thank you, church body, uh, for providing financially. We met our financial goals. Thank you very much. Um, Paige Douglas was also on this trip, but she's here with her family uh, sending Mitchell off. And uh, Paige had a little testimony. I'm actually going to send her testimony via email so you can read it uh, in its entirety. I don't want to read it because I'm not Paige. It needs to come from her, and uh, so I'll do that. And then uh, Bob also gave a little bit of a report to me just when I picked him up yesterday from the airport of just how God blessed. For the most part, everybody was healthy. There was unity, which is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, to preserve a, a team for that period of time in close proximity with one another, with all the unknowns. So God answered many prayers. So be encouraged, saints. God did a great work. And um, somebody mentioned that this place is in Guadalajara. This contact came through one of our elders, founding elders of our church, Walt Heine, Dr. Walt Heine, who moved to Mexico after the first year of serving here at GBF to retire, but he's working all the time for the Lord there. And that was our contact. That's how we came into contact with this ministry. And Walt's been there faithfully now for nine years. And we thank the Lord for that. And then also that enabled our church to get involved with Hope House Ministry that was already established where Bob Douglas, our elder for missions, got very involved. And they allowed him. They saw his giftedness. And Bob wanted to make it a more biblical ministry. with Many goals, including rooting it in the local church. And so God allowed that to happen. And Bob ended up on the board of Hope House. He ended up doing the entire website, redoing it for them, and also rewriting the entire statement of faith um, and philosophy of ministry in conjunction with the current team. So GBF has had a tremendous impact on that ministry over the course of nine years. So keep them all in prayer. Thank God for you all. And I'm going to close this in prayer. And as we sing our last song, uh, we will have our closing benevolence offering as well. So keep that in mind. So pray with me. Father, we thank you for our time together, just a blessed day and uh, to take a little break away from the normal routine of going through your word in the book of Acts to look at how we can apply the truth of the word of God through our own local ministry. Continue to provide for the needs of Hope House. Give Walt wisdom and Nancy down there as they help lead and pray and contact local churches and Give Bob ongoing wisdom as well with regard to his uh, involvement and leadership there. And we just thank you for your goodness. We commit this day to you. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. Dr. McManus is an author, seminary professor, and pastor teacher of Grace Bible Fellowship. For more information about Grace Bible Fellowship, please visit our website at gbfsv.org or call us at 650-630-0009.